Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor. It is The List and the tall guy. Jimmy, how you doing? That gimmick needs to end, Sean. Needs yeah, you're to the end. only one that thinks so. It's run its course. It's just kind of silly. It's been two weeks, Jimmy. Week and a half too long. But no, uh, no, I, no, I don't think so. We need to merch. Yeah, so two things before we start, before, before we tackle the wrestling news, doing this on October 2nd. So last week uh, at the end of the list in your boy, I aired the supposedly declassified third match between Sean Rossap and Melissa for the Fightful Championship. This week, we were supposed to start the show. I had asked our little uh, work group to produce something for me. A Last week on the List of Your Boy, little graphic. I wanted Melissa to voice it over. I was going to air the match again, and my entire team missed my request. So uh, I have informed Lindsay, and it's not going to happen again. But uh, I wanted to air it again. We're going to put it on YouTube. And then if you guys missed it last week, you can check it out. Uh, again, Sean's third New employee attempt. of the quarter. <laughs> Me! Isn't that the ironic part? That's the you ironic part. I don't care if it took uh, 40 people slipping on banana peels simultaneously. Yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah. I will, I will take it. I'll take it by default. That's kind of ironic. I just named Melissa employee of the quarter today, and then they missed my, uh, my task. Irony, Sean. I don't know what to it tell is, you. It is the irony, but that was that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting happening. Did interesting you like it? Happening. Did you like it? Yeah, it was 
it was very interesting. Does that mean you liked it? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. good, good. Because when it first, like when it was about to air, you said something on the podcast like, what is this shit? And then it went into it, so I never heard on the air if you liked it or not. I liked it. Good. It was funny. I, I'm very familiar with that stuff. So Something tells uh, me there's going to be more of them. Oh, boy. So we'll see how that oh, goes. I, I just want to say, uh, Melissa looked like a goblin in that thing. Yeah, yeah. It, so what he does is he takes, like, your photo. He wants a serious shot so that he can animate it. He did. He was way off on Melissa's uh on Melissa's animation. Yeah, a little so, bit. But hey, I still like the work. I admire the work. Good, good. Uh, one other thing. So anybody who is not a subscriber to FightfulSelect.com, uh, we do an extended version of Listen to Your Boy there called The List Goes On. And the last last week on The List Goes On, Sean Ross Sapp named a price to cut wow. his hair. I did. What was the price that you named, Sean? $5,000, at least half going to charity. $5,000, and, and well, you had said half to charity, uh, charity yes. of your choice, and then half to so, you. Yeah, some rules, though. My wife's got to live with it. No mullets, nothing stupid. And you had mentioned a buzz cut, yeah. and I, I don't know how to put this, but awkwardly, you don't run around with a buzz cut or a shaved head around here unless you unless you got some shit. I got like what you're the, saying. Well, we can figure something out. So, yeah. yeah, we can figure something out. I just wanted to put that out there. Like the, In Kentucky, you do that. you you're saying something that isn't right. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and make a little suggestion, Sean. Oh, just boy. throwing this out there. So the first week of November, it just so happens that not only is NXT, of course, going to be a full sale on the Wednesday that week, uh, AEW is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina that week, which is not very far from Florida. And they're going to be doing an MLW fusion taping in Orlando that week on uh, on November 9. Okay. Filthy Tom Lawler against Davey Boy Smith Jr. And it just so happens that Brutus the Barber Beefcake resides in Florida, Sean. So maybe if maybe. we can maybe if we can get our ducks in a row maybe if you yeah. can maybe if you can line up some interviews cuz obviously i got to make it worth the the price of sure. uh, your flight sure. hotel all the shit that you eat yes. uh, also also the the price tag that goes with cutting your hair the price tag that goes with getting Brutus beefcake to cut your hair i got to make sure bucks. Uh, <laughs> it's cheaper than a haircut at great clips in Maysville Kentucky he's not virgil that's true um also that's StarCast weekend, so... Is, oh, stuff. is it really? Yeah, that is. So that would be... I get the feeling if I'm if I'm doing something for MLW, uh, I'd have to move some things around, obviously. That's a big pay-per-view weekend. Okay, I didn't realize that was also that weekend. Well, I was just throwing that out there, so I'm maybe... What, maybe you, if you, the you, job is the job. If you ask me to go cover MLW instead, that's what I'm doing. Well, tell you what, spend. I want you to spend the next couple of weeks seeing if you can light up interviews for okay. that time... And if you get enough to make it worthwhile, I might pony up the 5000 bucks in order to uh, do the little snipski with Brutus the Barber Beefcake in Florida, Sean. And you know what I was also thinking? Uh, Hulk Hogan and I have a mutual friend. Hulk Hogan has his beach shop, wherever the hell it is, Tampa or something. Yeah. Maybe we could arrange to have you get that done at Hulk Hogan's beach shop, Sean. Uh, the th I think that sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> for our demographic. Also, uh, uh -huh. we are frozen again. Are you but, serious? But here's the thing. We're just going to run it straight through because yeah. it'll come back and it, it plays back fine. 
later okay. on. So whatever. we got to sort this out. We got to sort it out. It's There's not. Something. It's not uh, us. It's it's YouTube. It's the OBS. Oh, is it YouTube? OBS is fine. OBS yeah. says everything's fine. This is weird because it did this with Wirecast, which is why we moved to OBS. Yeah, our stream status is good. Well, Isn't that I'll weird? just say this. This is much better than Wirecast in mm. every possible way. All right, well, let's move on. So today is October 2nd, so today marks the start of the new wrestling war, at least on U.S. television. Yeah. Uh, because starting tonight, AEW is going to be on TNT. They also announced that AEW is going to be live tonight on TSN2 in Canada. I had asked Sean what TSN because they got five of them now. So it's going to be on TSN2 in Canada. NXT is not live in Canada, which means that this is going to be basically an American you know, television wrestling war. But uh, interesting things lined up. So AEW tonight, they got Nyla Rose against Riho for the women's title. They got Cody Rhodes, Sammy Guevara, Kenny and the Bucks against Jericho, Ortiz, and Santana. Why do you think they revealed the mystery partners in advance on the pre-show last night? I don't know because I don't think it's going to make anybody particularly tune in. I'll do respect to Santana and Ortiz. But also, if you wait until the show and then you have guys that showed up on a show before, that's a little bit anticlimactic. So I don't know if it was to temper expectations. It's just speculation from my part. But <clears throat> I think they probably should have just held off in debuting these guys until this show and made it a real surprise. I I think with all due respect to Ortiz and Santana, with all due respect to them, I think that they did it early because they didn't want to disappoint the non-hardcore AEW audience. Because yeah. if you present a surprise, mystery partners, mystery partners, mystery partners, and then you bring out these two guys that some of your audience doesn't know, uh, then then you kind of risk you know a negative reaction. I think yeah, that's sure. the reason they did it. But anyway, I mean, this, that's this audience will know who they are, but the, the general television audience might not. That's what I meant. The general television audience. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. So uh, then over on NXT on USA, uh, they're going to start it with Adam Cole against Matt Riddle for the NXT title. You know, what's interesting, Sean, is everybody in WWE downplayed the fact that NXT was starting on USA after AEW and TNT had been announced. They all downplayed it. One's not related with the other. Meanwhile, they've announced that tonight. NXT is going to air with limited commercial interruption. Plus, they announced that there's going to be a 15-minute overrun. Plus, they announced that they're starting with the title match. And you want us to believe that this has nothing to do with AEW, that this was not reactionary. That is utter nonsense. There are, there are still people who hit my mentions and say, no, 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 no. That way... It's been in the works for two years since they aired on in 2017. Really? It's been in the works for two years? Uh -huh. But it didn't take that long for the Fox deal to get put together, announce, debut, and all that stuff. It took AEW nine months to put together a TV deal, but it took WWE two years to put together an NXT TV deal. No, uh -huh. this was reactionary. Uh -huh. And hey, it's a good reactionary. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know anybody who is going to, relatively speaking, not literally, because I'll have some donk be like, oh, canceling the network. I don't know anybody who's really going to cancel the network because NXT no. is moving to USA and WWE is going to make good money off of it and they're they're going to increase the profile of their brand and probably oh, for sure. probably this the stock will go up. I don't know. I'm not a not an inside trader like some people in this podcast. But... <laughs> Never gets old, does it? Never no. gets old. So uh, the other thing going on this week, this Friday, uh, WWE is moving to Fox. Uh, in Canada, it's going to remain on Sportsnet, but it's going to air live on Friday as well. And, of course, they're doing Kofi Kingston, Brock Lesnar, 
for the WWE title. Uh, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, career versus career ladder match. They've also announced Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan, Becky and Charlotte against Bailey and Sasha Banks. And, of course, Dwayne Johnson posted this on Twitter on September 30. Uh, Brady, you got that screenshot? Yep, got it. There he said, finally, I come back home to my WWE universe. I'll return for our debut of SmackDown Live on Fox. You and I had talked about The Rock for a couple of weeks here on the podcast. Yeah. I would have been very surprised if he wasn't on that show. I realize he's a busy guy and everything, but I would have been very surprised if he wasn't on that show considering that he coined the the, the term SmackDown. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. I had a couple people, uh, and matter of fact, uh, this might have been a QA and a question somebody posted on FIFO Select for me. They asked me, do you think The Fiend is going to take out The Rock? Zero chance. Less than zero chance. Uh, (laughs) There is no way The Rock is going to let somebody get heat on him when the guy's only on television every couple of years. Less than zero chance. Really? But, uh, oh, yeah, but it'll, it'll still be good to see The Rock. There is no way he's going to let somebody beat him down. He wants to do his promo. He wants to uh, hit a rock bottom, maybe a people's elbow. He wants to stand on the corner and raise the arm. No chance he's going to let somebody get heat on him. But uh, still, it'd be, it's going to be cool to see him. So, yeah, I, I, think there, I think there's more than less than no chance. I think that he always is wise to business, and if he sees the buzz that The Fiend is creating and – paychecks right i think he'll do i don't want to say anything but less than zero chance i, I don't think less than zero i don't think it'll happen but yeah, i think that in happen. the future i think in the future that it's possible that he'll do oh sure stuff like that to get people heat if he if he goes back like if they you know like you know it, it seems like he's distanced himself from wrestling i mean he announced his retirement and it, i i don't expect he's going to be on television all that much but if you know what, if he goes back on Friday, and if he, you know, because it's got to be quite the feeling for him, right? His music hits, he walks out, he's got an arena full of people. Maybe he's going to get the, you know, bitten again by the bug, and maybe he's going to decide I want to do this more often again. Not necessarily wrestle a match, but I want to do this more often. If that were to happen, I could fully see him uh, doing something like that. But in a one-off like this, no chance. I will be shocked if he let somebody lay him out without him getting his heat back. I'd be shocked. Well, I mean, if WWE were to embrace long-term storytelling, he'd be able to get his heat back eventually. But, sure, sure. But, hey, I mean, one could argue that this is Bray getting his heat back from years and years and years ago. Which is fair, too. Yeah, if anything, it should be The Fiend taking out John Cena because that's what started this whole thing, Sean. It should be The Fiend taking out both of them. He should take out The Rock. He should take out Cena. He should have taken out uh, He should take out Hogan at some point. At he the same time with Double everybody. Mandibles, right? He's got Cena here sure. and he's got The Rock here. Why the hell not? I think that would be a great visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Fox is promoting this thing hard, as you can imagine. Uh, Talon is appearing on Fox shows all week long. I even saw a picture, and I actually didn't ask Brady to take this, but I saw a picture of a ring that was set up outside Fox News Studios. Did you see that? I think it was in New York. Yeah, I did. Uh, Demon Diva was there. What are they doing with that? They're just a promo thing. They just have a ring there just for shits and giggles, basically. For promo uh, related stuff, uh, the, yeah. the Fox stuff. It's the the Fox and Friends gimmick that they had running this week. Okay, okay. Well, back to uh, AEW. Uh, we talked last week about the ITV deal. A lot of UK fans were pretty pissed off. Uh, it turned out it was an overzealous employee that posted it sooner than they probably should have. AEW uh, tried to do the best they could. They scrambled to try to fix it. They announced that they're going to air it on Fight TV. But uh, then... Uh, something came out today. This was posted by uh, ITV on their Twitter account regarding a change to their schedule. Do you have the screenshot, Brady, from uh, ITV? ITV, yep. 
Uh, if you can see it there, they said ITV has announced a new schedule. Details for its free-to-air coverage, a brand-new weekly wrestling show, AEW Dynamite. Uh, they're going to be airing the full two hours on the ITV Hub on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. So they're going to be airing it uh, the next day. And the ITV Hub, from what I understand, is their online streaming service. So they're doing their best to try to appease people that were pissed off that they had to wait. Was the original schedule yeah. three days? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now it's going to be one. You know what? Good on them for hustling to try to make it right. I know that there are certain logistics that they have to overcome, uh, but good on them for, for for hustling to try to get it right. First they got the, the Fight TV thing announced. Now they, uh, they, they announced they're going to put it on the hub. So I, I applaud AEW and Tony Khan for scrambling on that and trying to fix it, you know? Yeah, uh, I I was told pretty early on. Hey, that's not the entire deal. Um, there, there's more to this. And I, admittedly, at first, I thought it was just just them trying to cover. But it, they were they was honest. I mean, it was uh, not the whole deal. And I think they they made it about as good as they can. But I've been told by people in AEW that they think they can improve upon that deal as well, and that uh, both sides are open to that. Cool. I mean, I, I think a lot of it was TNT because from what I understand, TNT was not only involved with the ITV discussions, but with the TSN discussions as well. Yeah. So I, I think that they had and I and uh, I heard something. I can't recall what it was something about. Uh, I don't know if it was legalities with television in the UK or something. There was something that was kind of like a like a monkey wrench in the plans of trying to get it live on ITV. So. We'll see what yeah. happens there. I want to ask you one other thing uh, regarding just this whole situation. So Triple H did an interview at the Sporting News. He was asked about the difference in venues between AEW and NXT because AEW is going to be in a different venue every week. NXT, at least uh, for the rest of the year, is going to be a full sale. I want to ask you about this quote from Triple H. He said, I almost feel like it's part of the magic of it. It feels more intimate. It feels grittier. It feels more in your face. It feels a bit more exclusive to me, and I love that difference. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Ah. Uh... Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Uh, what part did you miss? Um, the end of the, the question. Oh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, besides what are your thoughts, obviously. That was it. What are your thoughts on uh, on Triple H's quote, on his comment? Anything that Triple H says these days, I wonder what the motives are, considering the nature of his brand and, and all that. Um, I always wonder, uh, at this point, how much of what Triple H is saying is transparent. My God, I have sat through so many media calls lately where 80% of the time he doesn't say anything. So, yeah. Or or they, they have a loaded loaded meaning. I think he definitely has, has definitely gotten good media training. Yes. Uh, he could talk for an hour and tell you nothing. But, oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, my, my take on this, I think if they stay at full sale too long, it's going to be a big mistake, a big mistake. I think that they're going to run into the in-bag zone issue where you had the same fans coming out every week. They know the wrestlers too often. They've seen it all. They don't react. Uh, I have not been able to watch yet uh, hour two of NXT from their first week when they had hour one on USA and then hour two on the network. But from what I've heard, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, from what I heard, hour one, the crowd at Full Sail was hot because they knew, you know, we're at USA and this is the first week and whatever. But then hour two when they were on the network, they were very quiet. Is yeah. that true? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say very quiet, but hour two had less important stuff on it. Okay, well, I, I think long term, if they stick with Full Sail... Uh, and I, I think for the rest of the year, they just kind of did it again because I think it was a reactionary move. 
Uh, and I, I don't think that they, you know, logistically had buildings ready yet, you know, Wednesday nights to run. Um, but I think that if they pass the end of this year, if they continue a full sale, they're going to really regret it because the crowd's just going to become too accustomed to the talent. They're not going to react the same way. Meanwhile, you've got AEW in a different market every week. From a, from a television viewer perspective, it's going to be very different, I think, one versus the other because the crowd really adds to the show, as you know. Yes, yes. The, the, look at Raw the last few weeks. I think yeah. that the, the crowd on Raw the last about three and much better, especially the two weeks prior to this one. Just really, really good, and it helped accentuate things. It makes people look like stars, Jimmy. That is important. When people react, I mean, look at Hogan and Flair, when they pretended like they were going to fight each other, and people got to their feet behind them. Even though Hogan had a big smile on his face, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're still stars, and people reacted accordingly. Speaking of uh, making stars, what did you think of the season premiere of Raw this week? The season premiere. What did you think? They should have waited until next week to do whatever the hell it was they were going to do because this was pointless. Outside of the Lesnar thing, the Lesnar thing was incredible. Yes, it was. So so obviously, uh, uh, you know, there were some highlights. They had a new set. Yes. They had a new stage. They brought Pyro back. They brought Smoke back, all that stuff. That was cool. The Brock Lesnar-Ray Mysterio angle was fire. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, say, say what you want to say about Ray's kid. That kid was flying all over the place, and and you even commented on the German. He did a flat back bump yes. on the German. Uh, and you know what I love about – and you know I put over Brock Lesnar a lot because I, I, I really like Brock Lesnar. I wish WWE had five more Brock Lesnars because there is an aura about him nobody else on the roster has. Literally nobody on the roster has the aura that Brock Lesnar has. How many guys, Sean – because did you see when he picked up uh, uh, Race Kid? His name's escaping me for some the, reason. Dominic. Dominic, also, yeah. nobody's protected like Brock Lesnar is. That's true, too. Maybe but, somebody could have the aura of Brock Lesnar if they were protected maybe. like he is. But did you see when he almost dropped Dominic – at ringside, he lost his grip yeah. on him, but because he's Brock Lesnar, he didn't lose him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, that whole thing was fire. And uh, I also thought Otis was great on the show. I loved Otis. The crowd loved Otis. So to me, that was a highlight. And obviously, the Hogan and Flair thing uh, was very entertaining. But most of this show, Sean, and I don't like to be a negative Nelly all the time, and yes, I don't like do. to shit. No, you I- love it. Come on, you come on, love it. But let's just be honest. Uh, the commentary. So I'm going to give Dio Man to pass because he was probably nervous, right? Also, as far as I can tell, the youngest color commentator regular in Raw history, as far as I know. How old is he? At 28. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to— I know this is preliminary research, but yeah. You Googled it for a second, did you? I did, I did my work. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to give him a pass because he was probably really nervous. It was his first time. It's national television. It's the season premiere. I'm going to give him a pass on that. However, if and, – and this isn't much different than when AEW was starting out and Alex Marvez, you know, they're having issues with Alex Marvez. As one week turns into two, turns into three, if we don't see uh, uh, a significant improvement from Dio Madden, they're going to have to seriously consider removing him because uh, he was quiet, he was subdued, and Jerry Lawler 
I actually thought Jerry Lawler did a pretty good job. He tried his yeah. best to kind of keep things rolling. He tried his best to keep things upbeat. The problem was Jerry Lawler needs somebody that's reactionary. He needs somebody where when he tells his jokes, they're going to respond to him like a Jim Ross type, like a Gorilla Monsoon type. Yeah. Vic Joseph and Dio Madden, the first, say, hour of the show, all of his jokes fell flat. They were silent whenever he would tell a joke. And so Jerry Lawler, by the end of the show, was as subdued as they were because he wasn't getting a reaction. Uh, and then the other issue I had, and you mentioned this on the Raw podcast, uh, post, post-show podcast, whenever they weren't on camera, sometimes it was hard to decipher who was Vic Joseph and who was Dio Madden. Sometimes yeah. they sounded the same. And so uh, they're going to have to, it's going to have to be a work in progress. Again, it was the very first week, so we're going to give them a pass. But if week two, three, four is the same as week one, they're going to have to seriously, seriously consider a change. So uh, we'll see what yeah, happens with that. I thought Lawler improved a lot as things went on. He sounded like he was reading like off video game one-liners when it started. He didn't know what the hell was up first. He made a lot of stupid comments on the show, like the thing about Otis not yeah. working out. And yeah. I'm like, man, that's so dumb, and it's counterproductive. You're like, oh, Otis is a fat guy. Well, well why is he there? Why is he there then? Right, right, why? right. But I thought that overall uh, he did a lot better. Uh, by the way, Jimmy, I was on a media call with Cody Rhodes this week, and you asked me several months ago to get in a question about the Young Bucks dual contracts and if Cody would have avoided AEW or starting a new company if he was offered a dual contract with Ring of Honor and New Japan like the Bucks said that they would. Take a listen. Uh, a few months back, the Young Bucks had said that if Ring of Honor and New Japan had offered them dual contracts, that there might not be an AEW, at least for them. How would that have played out for you if that were the case? Oof. You know, like I was saying Muted. opening remarks, all these elements that get us here are so combustible. Maybe there wouldn't have been an AEW had they accepted dual contracts. But honestly, the timeline exists because of they didn't, and because they did start being the elite, and because I did leave WWE, and because Tony Khan, uh, as a wrestling consumer and a billionaire, wanted to actually invest in us and represent the wrestling consumer because he's a wrestling consumer. So perhaps we wouldn't have an AEW had they taken those contracts. I'm not sure. My mind around that period of time was headed towards doing double or nothing and doing a sequel to all in providing self-promoted events. That was where my mind was at. The idea of this overreaching larger company that that idea just became more and more real as our free agency started to loom in January, but who knows? I'm glad that they didn't no offense to any of those promotions, but it helps get us to this point here because Matt and Nick are, pivotal to, to so, so much of what happens here. We all have to provide a different thing as EVPs. And I think if you watch from Double or Nothing to Fighter to Fight for, the, Fight for the Fallen to All Out, every one of us performs and competes very differently. And that's the formula that works. And I'd like to keep it that way. You all can hear that full media call. Uh, a lot of evergreen stuff up there on the uh, on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, all over our podcast platforms. Whenever we do a, a media call like that, we put that up everywhere. And we stream them live. Uh, I think we're the only place that does stream those live. So make sure you all subscribe 
here on YouTube if you're watching. Leave that thumbs up, all that good stuff. Okay, Sean, Lana Rusev angle. I got to ask you, what'd you think? Shit is so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. So this is a topic that we've talked about before, uh, and I want to talk about it again. I posted something on Twitter on uh, on Monday night. Uh, basically, I said, hey, Lana, if you want this story to work this time, don't post photos of you and Rusev together on social media. It's not going to work anyway. It doesn't no, it's have a not. Damn thing. It was never going to work the first time. No, it wasn't. It wasn't they, they, the, both of the storylines have been dumb. It's true. In fact, I applaud Lana for doing what she did because it got her out of a dumbass storyline. Well, yeah, but last time she did it almost at the very start, like almost when the storyline started is when she did that, which just kind of killed it even more dead. It was already going to be dead because Lana was popular. Then they put her in a blue jean outfit. Then they had her making out with Dolph Ziggler, who nobody liked. So it was going to die anyway, and this one's going to die anyway. But this brings me to this point. So when I posted that to uh, to uh, Lana, uh, some people were in agreement. Some people weren't. A couple of people made a comment to me like, uh, oh, would you uh, post that to other actors that are uh, that are playing a character? And here's why I want to touch upon this. And we've talked about it before. Pro wrestling is not like traditional entertainment. And I, I think one of the issues that Vincent Mann has had, aside from the obvious, Sean, inability to make new stars, shitty storylines. On top of that, I think one of the issues Vincent Mann has had is that he has long craved for WWE to be accepted as mainstream traditional entertainment. He has wanted WWE to be looked at the same way as any television show or as any movie. You remember Beyond the Mat when he said with an arrogant smile on his face, we make movies, right? Yes. This is part of the problem. Most wrestling fans, and you you agree with this, most wrestling fans, they do not look at Lana on Raw and say, that's actress C.J. Perry portraying the character Lana. They don't look at her like that. They look at her as WWE superstar Lana, right? When when wrestlers make the media rounds, like Roman Reigns as an example, he doesn't make the media rounds as Joe Anawaii, who portrays Roman Reigns on WWE television. No, he makes the media rounds as Roman Reigns. And even when he did the Hobbs and Shaw media junket, he did that as Roman Reigns, right? Sometimes, though, he is... Joe Anawaii, or he's Roman Reigns answering questions as Joe Anawaii, yeah. but sometimes it's the opposite. Wrestling is different. It's different. Wrestling is different. Like, it I is. can see, like, where people... Here's here's where I do agree with the people that messaged you. Uh, if you were to say, Lana, why would you do that? Well, because that's her role. She she is an actress in that regard. But if she wants to accentuate that storyline, she's not going to undermine it. Sure, sure. The way that she did, yeah. No, yeah, like I, you know... As I said, wrestling is just is, is different than traditional entertainment. Becky Lynch uses social media to further her wrestling storylines. She doesn't post as Rebecca Quinn taking shots at Mercedes, whatever the hell her last name is. She posts as Becky Lynch taking shots at Sasha Banks. Wrestling is different than traditional television. And the first time around when they did this feud with uh, Dolph Ziggler, and yeah, it was a shitty story to begin with, and it was going to die anyway. But one of the reasons that it died quickly is because right when they started it, Lana posted on social media that she was engaged to Rusev TMZ picked it up and ran with it and then you had a live audience of people watching her make it with Dolph Ziggler knowing that she had just posted on social media that she was engaged to Rusev so it killed the whole thing nobody bought it and this is part of the problem and so uh, anybody that says that's where I draw the line because and and if you listen to Keller's interview with Khan Tony Khan talks about the quote-unquote invisible camera and how he hates it I do too and it's something uh, I'm dropping a feature with Jordan Grace, a 
an interview, and we talked about Trisha Parker versus Jordan Grace and some of the things that go on there. And the big difference is if you compare wrestling to Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. Walter White uh, or whoever the hell was playing, Brian Cranston, was not playing to a room full of witnesses. And by that, I don't mean just out there cooking meth in the middle of the ring. I mean <laughs> looking out at them and saying, all you people. I agree. Literally acknowledging all these witnesses. So when a crime happens in the scope of wrestling and we see the camera, right? W- witnesses are there. Right. They, they've been playing to them all along. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right, I agree. So I agree. That, that's such a major difference. And re- wrestling has elements of sports and elements of entertainment, but they are not either. They're both. The, I think the term sports entertainment fits perfect. I agree. I agree. Yep. And and again, somebody like Lana, because she comes from the traditional entertainment world, she was doing like movies sure. and stuff like that. I can understand that she might not get the difference, and I can understand that the first time around when they feuded and she was excited because they got engaged and didn't think anything of it, in wrestling circles, that kills a story when you're supposed to be feuding with your husband and she just didn't understand it. We'll see. And this time around, like you said, I think the story is going to suck anyway. Because I don't yeah. think anybody wants to see it. Nobody wants to see her make out with Bobby Lashley. There's so much better stuff that could be doing with Bobby Lashley, you know? But yeah. uh, but I do think that if she starts posting pictures of herself and Rusev at National Predator Games, it's just going to make the story die quicker than it would Anytime otherwise. a guy has a break or girl has a break, they come back and they have a new opportunity, Jimmy. They have the stench yes. of whatever the hell it is WWE has done to them off of them. I agree. They had a chance with Rusev. And it looked promising. They had a chance with Bobby Lashley, and they managed to <laughs> screw it all up at once. Yeah. I'm kind of impressed with how bad <laughs> WWE has found a way to screw this up. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And we had talked about time off cycles before, and, and this is the perfect reason for it. Like you said, they come back fresh. They come back, like you said, with the stink off of them. I totally agree. But then it's up to WWE to not fuck it up. And uh, yes. with Bobby Lashley, they couldn't have done. You know what's funny is with Lana the first time around, we joked about if WWE wanted to kill Lana dead, if they wanted to come up with something that's going to absolutely destroy her, what you do is you take her out of the business suits that everybody loved, and you have her make it with Dolph Ziggler, who everybody thought was a grease ball in terms of his character. And that's exactly what they did. So, all right, let's move on. Hey, and- you want to kill Lana dead, don't put her on TV. There you go. There you go. Let's move on and talk about the guy who, after almost six years, still gets talked about, and that's CM Punk. Yeah. So uh, Punk confirmed in an interview, uh, rumors, he confirmed this in an interview with Collider Live that he did on-camera testing for FS1 for their uh, WWE studio show called Backstage that's going to be premiering on November 5th on on, uh, FS1. Renee Young and Booker T have been announced as the host of that. Punk did not confirm or deny that he's got the job. Uh, but he did confirm they did it on camera testing. I think Meltzer said that uh, he did a good job and that there's a good chance that he's going to get hired. Fox likes him. Yes. Fox likes him. Now, Meltzer suggested that WWE might not be happy if Fox hires him. He compared it to when Ariel Helwani worked for Fox and UFC was working with Fox and they got Ariel Helwani fired. I disagree with that line that, of thinking. That was different. You, Helwani was getting UFC checks. He came clean about that 
on his broadcast because that was a major ethical violation. And he, he revealed that. And the reason that happened is because he put out the Brock Lesnar news. That wasn't because UFC just wasn't happy. They were thrilled because he was out there breaking news on their own show. I get it, but what I'm saying is I think that in this case, WWE would be cool with Fox hiring Punk because it means it's going to keep him away from AEW. And so I don't think they'll have a problem with it. Now, I want to give you my take on this. There's some people that, that are going to say, oh, there's no way he's going back to WWE. And Punk himself in that interview said, this is a Fox deal. This is not a WWE deal. I'd be working for Fox, and I'm not interested in getting back in the ring. And that's what Punk said, right? Now, you look at the past. You look at Jesse Ventura. You look at Hulk Hogan. You look at Bruno Sammartino, superstar Billy Graham, the ultimate warrior Jeff Jarrett. As Hunter himself has said, never say never in these situations. If I'm CM Punk, and, and you and I talked about this off the air, he's going to be 41 the end of this month, Sean. All right? He's going to be 41. That means that CM Punk, it's time for him to think about how can I maximize my money, my earning years now. I don't think he gives a shit about five-star matches with AEW stars like Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho or anybody else. I don't think he cares about that. I think he cares about broadcasting opportunities, movie opportunities, television opportunities. And where is he going to get those opportunities between WWE and AEW right now? He's going to get them with WWE. And so it's yeah. not it's not going to shock me if he does return uh, and do something with WWE. Do I think he's going to go on a, on a on a pro wrestling run in the ring? No. Do I think he might do a one off like a Saudi show or WrestleMania? Yeah, I think there's a possibility that could happen. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's a possibility of it too. And the way I always put it, I can't pretend to understand the motivations of anybody else, especially somebody who's complex like CM Punk. Mm -hmm. And the things that he wants, I don't know what his financial situation is like. I don't know if, I, I mean, we do know that really good matches used to drive him, really creative things used to drive him. And there are things that used to drive me that don't drive me anymore, but there are still elements of it. So maybe that's in him. I, it's That'd be just speculation on my part. Do I think he'd prefer a broadcasting gig? Based on the way that he talks, I certainly do. Yeah, It seems like it. And I know that uh, Fox liked the way that he appeared on camera he's had plenty of experience doing that the funny thing is jimmy it's a shame that him and colt cabana had a falling out because if they had a podcast that'd be the most successful podcast in wrestling bar none yeah aside from the threats of lawsuits on a weekly basis yeah but, uh, besides that so i was gonna i was gonna touch upon that but first i want to ask you what used to drive you that doesn't drive you anymore competing in mma i don't don't want that anymore i don't i don't like cutting weight anymore i don't like doing any of that i don't have any desire to do that anymore got you I, okay so uh other punk news and you just mentioned it the lawsuit with cabana so uh cabana was suing them for 1.2 million cabana claimed punk reneged on uh, his offer to fund cabana's lawsuit against dr uh, chris amon and uh punk went back and forth with somebody on twitter because you know details hadn't been released about the settlement so people couldn't yeah oh there we go so people make assumptions so Punk went back and forth. He said he offered Cabana money before. Cabana declined it. Uh, he said he wanted to go to trial this time. He offered a mediation. Uh, if you're familiar, not familiar with that, a mediation is when you bring the two parties together with a nonpartisan uh, third party, and they try to work out the de details of a settlement that way. He said uh, Cabana declined that as well. And then Cabana just suddenly came back looking for a settlement, and, and they got it done. Terms weren't uh, disclosed. Unfortunate situation, lifelong friends, and, uh, you know, money got the best of them. And you see this all the time. Money does that to it. people, you know? I hate it. I yeah. really do. I, I widely consider the two podcasts that 
they did on WWE, two of the greatest podcasts in wrestling history. Right. Occasionally, I'll go back and listen to them. They were just really, really good. Uh, Cabana is really good at listening. He's really good at setting things up. Punk is a great talker. There's a great skit that's online. It's it's a skit that Cole Cabana did called Cut My Promo, where he would pitch a match and like he would have somebody else cut a promo for that match for him. And CM Punk did it for him, and it was incredible. They played off of each other really well, and CM Punk was like, I don't cut my own promos anymore. I don't know why you're having me do it. Like, uh. they, they did it really well, and you could tell they had that, that best friend chemistry, and I hate to see this. Like... It, it's a bummer. It is, yeah. And and you know what I'm always going to remember about that podcast when uh, when Punk, you know, told all on Cabana's podcast. I listened to that podcast in the hospital while my wife was giving birth to my daughter. Wow. Uh, and so I will always remember because it came out either that morning or the night before. And uh, my brother-in-law mentioned it to me. He said, hey, the Punk podcast is out. And so I listened to it. So that was over Thanksgiving. And she, yeah, she was born the end of November. Yeah, because I, I remember that. I remember it was like Thanksgiving morning. Right. Uh, it was like at midnight, one, two in the morning, and I had to – I transcribed the entire thing and did a bunch of articles on it. Right. It was – at that point, it was the biggest thing I had ever covered because I would only been into full-time wrestling for uh, maybe a few months at that point. But it was it was huge. Awesome. I want to ask you about this. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and their U.S. relationships. And today, October 2nd, Sports Illustrated reported that Chris Jericho is scheduled now to appear at Wrestle Kingdom 14 in January in a match against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, you know, New Japan, they're still in bed with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's popularity is declining. They haven't been using New Japan guys on American shows very often. Chris Jericho had made it clear when he signed with AEW he wanted to still do stuff in New Japan, but then they didn't book him. Same thing with Kenny Omega, and now here we go where Jericho has been booked. You think this could be a way of thawing the ice a little bit between New Japan and AEW? Because the Young Bucks themselves said in interviews, oh yeah, New Japan hates us. I would not be surprised if everything just got thrown on its ass over the next few months with the CMLL, ROH stuff, and Roosh leaving CMLL for Ring of Honor, and... New Japan, apparently, I got to say this, apparently, allegedly being like, eh, whatever. Fantastic Mania isn't that important to us. But if they work with AEW, AEW works with AAA. They ain't working with WWE. New Japan ain't working with WWE. No. I think they should work with AEW. If they can't get that done, I think you let the, the Jarrett Okada shit go from a bunch of years ago because Impact Wrestling has an insane roster. Just right. an unbelievable roster. Um, now, granted, one of the strong suits of the Impact roster is the women's roster, and that's of no use to New Japan. But I think the <coughs> Impact is much, much, much more valuable from a talent standpoint than Ring of Honor is, than anybody else. That, I wouldn't say CMLL, but maybe, maybe if you're talking about a stateside expansion, throwing Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan on a show in the States as opposed to I don't know who the hell they would throw on. Ring of Honor would throw on the Briscoes. Okay, they've, they've seen that. I feel like there are a lot of parts moving around that are pushing New Japan to work with AEW. But then again, a lot of the people there are, are very prideful. And they don't like the fact that a bunch of the people that they help make stars 
went and did their own thing. So yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, if they look at it from a business point of view, not just the talent, but we've seen New Japan dip their toes into the waters in in terms of trying to book their own shows in the U.S. We've seen them do the same thing in the U.K. So when you want to talk about the non WWE promotion that's got a good footprint in the U.S., they they're going to have a footprint in in the U.K. and a footprint in Canada as well. That's AEW. And so not only do you have a situation where you can have Omega, you can have Jericho, you can have the Young Bucks, you can have Cody, you can have whoever you want talent-wise, you're going to have a U.S. audience on TNT, you're going to have a Canadian audience on TSN, and you're going to have the U.K. audience with ITV. Why the hell wouldn't you want that? You know what I'm saying? So it it, it, it seems to me like it's a matter of time, and, and if you are Harry Mige, who you know doesn't have the same relationship with the Ring of Honor that the previous uh, regime did, you jump yeah. on that deal. And and Ring of Honor is nothing like what they used to be. Agreed. They are nothing like what they were. I, I don't even want to say a few months ago at MSG because they weren't that then. They had some sense of optimism in January when they signed Roosh, Bandito, Tennille was still around. Like you had some names about you. They haven't made that splash of late. You know what's interesting is is I was looking at the questions uh, for the Q&A I'm going to do for Fightful Select. I think we're going to do it uh, potentially tomorrow, October 3rd. Yeah. One of the questions asked me something about who do you think is worst off uh, between Ring of Honor, Impact, and MLW? And I'm going to go yeah. into detail in the Q&A, and for a lot of reasons, I think Ring of Honor of the three, which will surprise people given their, their owner ownership and given their funding. But I'm going to explain in the Q&A why I think that's the case. So uh, so we'll we'll talk about that later this week. I want to ask hey, you. About- hey, 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 you, you always transition like that real quick, and I can't segue. I'm sorry. You're like, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Hey, by the way, holy <laughs> shit. And I can't tell people that up on Fightful Select right now, we have myself and you going through uh, your LJN collection. As, yeah. I, as I said, one of the widest in the world. I, I don't think that would be uh, overstating it, would it? I think, I mean, it is. Uh, one it, of- it might be the biggest. There you go. Might be the biggest LJN WWF figure collection in the world. Jimmy's got a Q&A this week. I've got a Q&A this week. Jimmy, I haven't looked at the questions yet, but do you think one of them is, hey, Sean, how do I get my dick hard? Uh, maybe. Actually, there was a Blue Chew-related question in the Q&A. Well, here's the thing. You know, Jimmy, I like to do Fightful Select previews. I'm giving this answer away for free. Question, how do you get your dick hard? Answer, BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Go to BlueChew.com. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Sales, so you know they work at getting your dick hard. But you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. That way, you can get your dick hard. <laughs> Discreet package, so nobody knows you're getting your dick hard. We talked about the mailman and all that. We'll get back to that at some other point. But if you want to get your dick hard, with Blue Chew. <laughs> what, Jimmy? If you want to get your dick hard with Blue Chew, use that code FIGHTFUL. You get it absolutely free. It's made in the USA, shipped straight to you. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to, to do all that. They've got online doctors that, that are approved by Blue Chew that get this done and get you good to go. Got a little Wednesday night war of your own. Trying to trying to figure out what order you want to do things. Well, it won't matter if you got a limp penis. Uh, and when I say Wednesday Night War, I mean between you and your flaccid dick, maybe. That's why you want to take that Blue Chew. Use that code Fightful. It's just $5 shipping. That's it. 
to get an enhanced performance, to win the Wednesday Night Wars, or Monday, or Tuesday, or Thursday. Just don't take more than one within 24 hours. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about it from us. So do they give you bullet points and then you just kind of cut a promo? Or, or they, they gave me bullet points once, and then I've cut a promo ever since. Winging it ever it. since. They love it. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you about this. So on Booker T's podcast, which is called Reality of Wrestling, uh, the guy that he does the podcast with, and I apologize because I don't know his Brad name. Brad Gilmore. What's his name? Brad Gilmore. Brad Gilmore. Okay, he asked Booker T what he thought of the idea of airing WrestleMania on Fox for free. Uh, and Brad Gilmore said he thought it was a great idea. He said they could spike up bad rates. Booker T also said it was a good idea. I think it's a horrid, terrible idea. Uh, I, but I wanted to ask your thoughts before I kind of go into it. WrestleMania airing on Fox, your thoughts? Hmm. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's, a, it's a horrid, terrible idea. Here's the thing. I think it's a terrible idea for the WWE Network. That's 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 a bad idea. If Fox wants to pay like Saudi money for it, then I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I think you got to limit commercials. You can't do commercials during matches at WrestleMania. Can't do it. So you got to pick your spots there. I think it would be a challenge for them to time. Like, what are you going to do? Have it from noon to nine? Like the thing's already six hours long. Would yeah. they want to scale it back? I don't know. So here are my thoughts on this. So number one, and, and you, you touched upon this, you're going to kill the network. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they still have their other monthly pay-per-views and all that stuff. WrestleMania is, their, is, is the big hook every year. You're going to kill network subscriptions. If you kill network subscriptions, you're going to anger your shareholders. If you anger your shareholders, your stock's going to tumble, even though they're going to show record revenues uh, because of the new television contracts. So that's number one. Number two, you're establishing a bad precedent. Because when you do it once, wrestling fans are going to expect it all the time. And then yep. what happens if you decide after the first year, uh, you know what, that was a shitty idea. We're not going to do it next year. Uh-uh. It's really hard with wrestling fans to kind of go back the other way. So that's, that's uh, the second issue. And the third thing, quite frankly, is the current Fox contract doesn't call for it. So like you said, you'd have to ask Fox to pony up a bunch more money in order to at make least, it worth your while. At least Saudi money. Yeah. At least yeah. Saudi money. You'd have to. And then I don't think it'd be worth it to Fox, quite honestly. Uh, you know, uh, what, I'm sorry, what's Booker T's guy again, Brad? Brad Gilmore. Okay, so he, he suggested, well, you, you could, you know, uh, spike the ad rates for that. I don't think so. Wrestling, no. wrestling has traditionally been a very difficult sell. Even back in the Attitude Era days when they were drawing five, six, seven million viewers a week, wrestling was a difficult sell for USA. WrestleMania, in order to make up the money they'd be giving WWE, I don't think they'd get the ad rates. I don't think they would. I think it would be a, a loss leader for them. What I will suggest is what they've done in prior years is that they, they've aired one hour of the pre-show on USA Network. Yes. What they what that. what they could do is they could air one of the hours because the pre-show now is like three, four, five hours long. They could air an hour of the pre-show on Fox. You know what I mean? Maybe you air one hour of it on USA because USA is paying the big money too. Air one hour on USA, air one hour on Fox. You could do that. It's a lot of channel changing. Yeah, but it's the pre-show and, and you know people, network people are going to find it anyway. But as far as airing WrestleMania on Fox, it would be a horrid, terrible, terrible, horrid idea. And I would yeah. not do it. Yeah, it, it, like I said, unless it's Saudi money, I wouldn't bother. I mean, they, they've done some pretty wild things in the past. Like, I mean, hey, they did a 40-man Royal Rumble, and they went back the next year. They were like, God, that sucked. 
let's go back. Yeah, and, but this is way different. This is basically sure. telling, you know what I'm saying? Like it's Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's way different, way yeah, different. But yeah. yeah, I don't see it happening. I agree with that. Um Matt Taven, he confirmed at Ring of Honor's Death of Dishonor that he is staying with Ring of Honor. What are your thoughts? And then he went out and lost the uh the title to Roosh, but what are your thoughts? Well, he, he lost it before, but Oh, I'm sorry. I was told AEW didn't have interest. I don't know NXT's level of interest. Dave Meltzer reported that it was three times as much as any NXT deal. If that is true, why wouldn't he take it for one? And ROH, what are you doing? First off, yeah, my God, if because if if you're spending that much to keep Matt Taven. You need to be spending at least that much to bring somebody else in. Because what we've seen is whatever's going on right now doesn't work. Yep, I agree. And I, I my thoughts are exactly the same. If I'm Matt Taven, with all due respect to Matt Taven, Matt Taven is not a, is not a big name. And and so with all due respect to Matt Taven, if you're going to WWE, they're putting you in developmental and they're probably putting you on like a low-level, entry-level type contract. Yeah, and he you doesn't need developmental. With, I mean... Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need developmental, but do any of the people there? No, right. no, but but I'm just saying that that's probably what they would do with him because he's not, you know, he's not even the name of, of guys before him in developmental like Finn Balor and Kevin Owens sure. and, and, and Samoa Joe. So if you can get that big money now as opposed to having to go through developmental and all that kind of stuff in WWE, I applaud him. I would do the same thing. Well, he's, he's a big fish he, in a small pond in Ring of Honor. He'd be a small fish in a big pond in WWE. I think he's a, a regular-sized fish in a small pond. And, and I'm not trying to disrespect no, him. I, yeah, no, I'm not. I've, I've liked a lot of his work, but I I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk that he would go to NXT, though, because Mike Kanellis, I mean, the p- parallels between those two are right there. I mean, my God, they even tagged together, and he bypassed all that stuff, and they put him on the main roster. So I don't think it's like that unreasonable to think that he would end up on the main roster. And he, he knows how to work on TV. He knows how to work at tapings. He knows how to do all that. But, do, you, yeah. do, you th- do you think Mike Kanellis would have hit the main roster if he didn't have Maria with him? Mm-mm. No. That, that To me, that's the big difference. I think that but, Maria had that built-in relationship. Well, that's the thing. Matt has the built-in relationship with Maria and Mike. They were they were teammates. They're familiar with each other. They, they did their best work. I don't want to say best work. I, I like that hour-long match Taven had. But they did some of their best work together. Yeah, I don't know if it would matter to WWE unless they looked at unless they looked at it like we need a new tag team and we're not doing anything with Dallas. Okay, let's go to stupid people, Brady. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. And the new segment we came up with is Stupid People. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. All right, Sean, got it. Got some good ones for you again. So this first one reported by CBC News on September 25. Get this one, buddy. There's a 41-year-old man out of Kamloops, British Columbia, and he had just gotten married. All right? He was driving from the wedding to the wedding reception, and what happened next? His dick fell off. <laughs> he spotted a bike on the side of the street. He decided to pull over, cut the security cable, and steal the bike and put it in the back of his oh. vehicle. Yep. Bike slow jack, probably. Unfortunately for him, it was part of a bike bait operation being done by the Kamloops RCMP 
And so they caught the guy. They arrested him for theft. Then they discovered that he had been driving with a prohibited license. And then what happened next, Sean? He didn't show up for the reception, so the new bride called his cell phone. Because, of course, where the hell's my new husband? The cops answered his cell phone and said, uh, your new husband's in a jail cell. And that's what happened. So have you seen those prank videos where um, people will, like, chain – they've got, like, an invisible line on the bike, and people will try to run off and steal them, and they, they take off on the bike, and the line hits the maximum, and then the person goes flying off the fucking bike? Right. I don't know how legit those are, but they're hilarious, and that's what I'd like to imagine happened to him. Well, it didn't, but, yeah. uh, but he stole the thing in a suit because he just got married. So smart thing for him to do. This it's next one, that's the type of thing you got to wonder how many times he's done that. I didn't write down the quote, but but one of the police officers said something like that. They said, like, this had to be ingrained in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. This next one, this was uh, reported by CTV News Edmonton on September 25. Oh, Sean. Oh, this is good. So we've talked about people who have prominent jobs, even though they do stupid things. Like the teacher that Me. put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the teacher that put the kid in the bathroom. Right. Set up his desk yeah. in the bathroom. So. This one kind of fits the, along those lines. The University of Alberta put up a billboard ad about climate change. And this billboard ad about climate change got them a lot of shit. Why do you think that is, Sean? They said it was a hoax. No, they suggested that climate change is a good thing. We got a picture of the billboard. Put it up, Brady. Uh, they said in small print, climate change will boost Alberta's barley yield with less water feeding more cattle. And then they had the big thing in there saying beefier barley. So they suggested climate change is good for the uh, for the barley crop. The truth matters. The link at the bottom, that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> There's a woman named Jackie Tam. She was actually the VP of university relations for the school. She approved the ad. Work. She approved the ad, and she didn't run it by anybody else. She was forced to resign after the backlash. Uh, the school's president, his name is David Turpin. He said the ad had not uh, should have been vetted, and he said, "quote I'm pretty sure it never would have seen the light of day." Had Do you it been think vetted. she got a severance? Uh, yeah, she was probably forced out, and they probably said, "You know, yeah. that's probably what." I Can you imagine somebody <sighs> approving that climate change? Woo, barley crop. That's dumb. That's dumb. This last one, Sean, you're gonna like it. It's the SRS file, and it was reported by the Sun in the UK on September 27. This is a stupid people, smart people story all rolled into one, Sean. All right? You ready for this one? There is a 20-year-old student out of Glasgow, Scotland. Her name is Faye Kindly. We have a picture of Faye Brady. Put it up. There you go. That's Faye Kindly. Faye had someone on Twitter send her a picture of their penis unsolicited because that's what idiots do. I know. I know what's happening now. You know what happened next? What happened next? She sent a picture of her dick. She sent a picture of her dick. <laughs> My wife told me this story. The guy did not know that Faye is transgender. So she sent him a picture of her dick. And the funny part is he freaked out. He blocked Faye's number. He told her to delete the conversation when he sent her the picture unsolicited to begin oh, with. And that's what I happened. Some, I get some of those too. Uh, I got... I'll go ahead and put him on on blast. Somebody by the name of Luke H. Style on Twitter sexually harassed me last night at about 1.42 in the morning. Oh, my fucking God, you're beautiful. What? Get in my bed, hearty eyes. And there's a link. I'm afraid to click it, Jimmy. I'm afraid to click it. 
But occasionally okay. I get the, Did I ever tell you the Vince Russo dick pic story? Uh, you might have, but I don't remember. Yeah, uh, it wasn't Vince Russo, but I made the mistake. My Snapchat name is my name. That's before anybody gave a shit what my name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, too late to change it now. People will just guess it, and I mean it's out there now. I, I kind of use it for business anyway. And during a Raw broadcast, about seven minutes, seven months after we let Russo go, I get a Snapchat, and I'm like, all right, I'll check this. And it was a giant dick pic, and the caption said, Fuck Vince Russo. Really? And my reply was, well, looking at that thing, I don't think you'd have much trouble, buddy. Best of luck. Okay, so before – I'm going to tell you a story that you're going to find interesting. Um, but before I tell that story, because we'll go off the air with that story, first I want to say that if you go to FIFOSelect.com after this, we're going to do The List Goes On. We're going to talk about the NWA. We're going to talk about John Morrison. We're going to talk about Crown Jewel, Sean's favorite thing. We're going to talk about MLW. Uh, we're going to talk it about it called, Jimmy? Crown Jewel, Sean's favorite it's thing. Called, it's called what? We got merch to sell, Jimmy. Say it. I'm not saying it. You say it. I'm not saying it. Jimmy, boo. Go to FightfulSelect.com, guys. We got all kinds of stuff this weekend. Uh, Retro Review, the first episode, first quote-unquote episode of SmackDown. It's when they uh, actually launched, not the pilot. That's up for free. But we have two Q&A shows. We have the Weekender Podcast. If you like non-WDB main roster stuff covered, Weekender Podcast has you covered. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Well, I'm going to tell you a story before we go off the air. I'm going to tell you a story okay, first. Okay, whatever. Because yeah. it, it ties into what everything you just talked about, and, and so I'm, this is why I'm going to tell you the story. So I used to work with a guy. Uh, he, was, he was a member of my sales team, not my own company. This is when I was an employee at another company, and he was desperate to make some cash. I'm not going to go into his personal situation, but he was desperate to make some cash, all right? This guy was a buddy of mine. He was of Egyptian descent. Uh, you know, he, he was brown and a little furry. And here's what I said to him. Here's what I said to him because he's and, and he was a, a personable, funny guy, and he, he had a good sense of humor. So here's what I said to him: You're desperate to make some cash. I will give you a thousand dollars cash if you come with me right now to the store down the street and pick out a sundress, and you're going to wear the sundress tomorrow for the entire day of work, and then I'll give you thousand dollars cash. And he said, I will absolutely do that. So him and I went to the shop, bought him a nice sundress with like pink flowers on it. The next day he wore it the entire day from the moment that he arrived at work. We took him out for lunch. People were taking selfies with him. He wore it until the end of the day. When we had these pictures of him in this dress, one of my colleagues for fun put up a dating profile of him wearing the this sundress. This sounds like it's going to get us a lot of backlash. No, because I, I didn't do this. This is Jimmy Van's story, not my story. And I didn't do this. This wasn't me that did this. I am in no way associated with this story, nor do I condemn. Ah, whatever. I'm not the one that did this, so I don't mind telling it. So one of my colleagues posted a dating profile as a joke to the knowledge of this guy. He knew it. And we put up his photo in the sundress, Sean. We then spent the next few hours, and this is no joke, Sean, hitting the refresh button on his incoming messages. All right. And you have to remember that this was a, you know, a a gentleman, clearly a man, clearly a man wearing a sundress. We hit refresh on the profile. They were coming in by the dozens, Sean. They were coming in by the dozens saying, I live nearby. Are you free in 10 minutes? All right. Well, if you want to come by the dozens, use (laughs) bluechew.com. Code Fightful. Never do what Jimmy did, humiliating his employees. No, 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 no. This was not my employee. This is a previous company. He was a colleague, not my employee. He should have just grown out his hair. That's all that I say. Well, Uh, maybe he could have worked Brutus the Barber Beefcake in there. Leave it a thumbs up. Subscribe. (laughs) We are over on Fightful Select. 
right now, we're out. The profile might still be up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.